1: And welcome to the AEW Dynamite Preview. I'm Adam Wilborn from What Culture, joined by the Dudley Boys of What Culture, Michael Hamblett and Michael Sidwick here to look ahead to tonight's episode of AEW Dynamite. But before we get into it, if you're a fan of this sort of thing, make sure you subscribe to What Culture, dressing on either iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts from, for daily wrestling podcasts where we not only review AEW Dynamite but also AEW Rampage, Raw, SmackDown, NXT. 2.0 Oh for the time being, uh, pay-per-views, premium live events. We have interviews. Roundtable discussions and a roundup of the week complete with a bloody good quiz, of course, on wrestle culture. As I said, they're joined by Hamlet and Sidritsch. Look ahead to Dynamite tonight and siege all the fallout from Grand Slam. Yeah,
2: absolutely. I'm looking forward to the show without having that feeling that I had around this time last year, yet again, or maybe a couple of months before, where I just lived and died with this promotion. I couldn't wait for Wednesdays to roll around. There's just something missing. and It's not just the Elite or CM Punk. There's a certain magic missing. There's a certain creativity missing. Um, maybe I just need to really anticipate some firm directions for full gear. I want to know what the card looks like. I want to know what I am to look forward to. Um, I don't know. There's a certain je ne sais quoi <laughs> that I just would like out of this promotion. This card of action looks pretty damn good.
0: We shall see. Yeah, I, like I'd refer to this card as like politely understated. There's nothing bad at all, and there's a few things that like threaten to be excellent, but they're only threatening to be excellent. There's very little that, like pops off the screen, and then the more you talk about it or think about it, the more that opportunities sprawl out of them. Things as Sidgwick says, that like feel like they might be table setting. I wonder if post all out, it was always going to be right. Build a grand slam. Build a grand slam. Build a grand slam then built a full gear or there would have been an attempt assuming that everything had just gone to plan to try and do both at the same time instead we've had to have it that way instead as a result it does kind of feel like it's shortened the build time where like um, less a month and a half less than two months mm. you got like maybe six you could have six great weeks where nothing needs to have like a cooldown week this could be the yeah. start of that and that's not potentially a bad thing for like episodic television
1: yeah, intriguing to see what they're going to do tonight um, because uh, time of recording, three matches and three sort of segments uh, have been announced, so there will probably be the inevitable, I don't know, some huge, ridiculous match that Tony's going to announce just as we publish this podcast, but still. And we've got a game to follow. We do, About yes.
2: Midway through the podcast, should yeah, we drop
0: bit, it? a little bit. It's
2: time
1: to play, time to play the game!
2: Not well, yet, Tamina, can you do anything right? We said in the middle of the podcast...
1: Uh oh well, hey Michael Sidgwick. Uh, we'll save that <laughs> for later on. Um, let's start with the with the world champ then. Moxley is in action. Uh, championship, what's it called? Eliminator? Eliminator, one uh, of these days. Against, one of These days
2: you'll get it right. Yeah,
1: it's, it's <laughs> just gotta get my WWE brain out of there, basically. Um, it's like Shapata. <laughs> <laughs> Juice Juice Robinson. Uh, I really liked. I, I liked him on the road too, uh, setting up this match and talking about his history, obviously with Moxley. Uh, Juice Robinson facing Moxley. Uh, as I said, they've got history together. And not only that, on this episode, uh, we're going to hear from MJF, who's the sort of spectre hanging over all of this, of course.
2: Yes, absolutely. Um, this should be great. Uh, but inside baseball, but what culture office law? Back in the old office before we moved to what culture studios. Um, there were certain matches that were, in fact, so highly anticipated amongst the boys that we actually watched them without headphones as, like, the gaming lads and the TV and film lads were just trying to get on with their work. <laughs> round,
0: like, round one desk. Three three or four to a desk, isn't it, sometimes? yeah. So there was two
2: that we actually watched, and it was happily an accident because they were New Japan matches mm-hmm. and the way they fell UK time for yeah. the major shows. It was on a lunchtime. Put your headphones in if you've got a problem. <laughs> <laughs> we're not doing it at like 10 o'clock, which is really right. Get in the zone, yeah. get in the zone. It was lunchtime. Jesus. Anyway, those two matches were Chris Jericho versus Kenny Omega. Yeah, of course. Where me, Hamlet and Murray all, and it was just an absolute riot of a time. It was just so much fun because it was as, like, phenomenal as, as it was entertaining mm. in retrospect. What an absolutely great match. It funny. Was uh, funny, like refreshing. And then by the end it turned into this absolute Kenny Omega masterclass on top of everything. That was great. And the other one was the big time New Japan debut of John Moxley, because if I recall correctly, we hadn't even seen him in AEW yet. We truthfully were worried
1: yes. it would stink.
0: We were worried it yeah, was Yeah, you were you
1: waiting for the arrival of Dean Ambrose. The vignettes you? of him
0: leaving prison and getting away from a big dog. We were a bit hacky. Mm-hmm. And they then, were a bit hacky,
2: and obviously Dean Ambrose had happened for the last three years. Yeah, yeah. So we were like... Because we'd all seen the promo compilations from his CZ Dub days on YouTube well before he'd emerged as Dean Ambrose, thinking, oh, well, this guy's getting talked about. It's the next best thing. And we were thinking, if he's as good... As those promos indicated, he would be, and you know it's the Fed. Everything's boring or dismal in the Fed.
1: You got a tiny glimpse of it in that chronicle, chronicle if I yeah. remember as yeah. well. Yeah, it's like, oh, this guy, I want to see more from. I, like, I liked
2: some of Ambrose's work a great deal, mm. but by the end, it was impossible to remember the first however many years. So we all gathered around, at least me and Maurice
0: did. I don't know what Hamphlet did. Or yeah, not. No, yeah, I was there. Yeah, yeah, because I remember the moment of his entrance music, and it's for the, the second his face flashes up as that. I, Well we're in then. Yeah, everything's everything's gonna be absolutely fine for the rest of the wrestling world for the next three or four years. And this match, not only was it a fantastic
2: brawl, not only did he do certain things to immediately disassociate fans from Dean Ambrose, right, he was a geek. I'm a really horrible but brilliant brawler, biting people's faces, slamming people through tables. Trunks mocks for the first time. Trunks mocks.
1: Yeah. What was the gimmick with the finisher as well? Didn't well, this
2: mean? is my favorite. Sorry, this yeah. is honestly a top 10 modern finish for me, right? So great. So the idea is John Box is a genius. And even if the New Japan faithful audience, where I don't think there's much crossover between WWE, enough where they knew that he was a big deal. But even if the New Japan fans in that particular building weren't particularly au fait with Dean Ambrose's arsenal, he registered the hell out of the dirty deeds, enough to make you think. And they plotted it so that was the, like clearly the finishing sequence. They built to it brilliantly. And he registered it with the delay and the dramatics to suggest, oh, this could be the finish because he's treating it like a finish. And then Juice Robinson, who was awesome in that match as well, such a great, gutsy-spirited babyface, um, kicked out of what was either known to be his finish, or what could be inferred as yes. his finish. And he's picked him back up and just dropped him around his fucking head. <laughs> <laughs> and it was great, because it was not only... Here's me, a much better version of Dean Ambrose called John Moxley that I'm going to symbolise by doing a much grosser, nastier pro-wrestling version the of the Death born. Rider. The <laughs> Death Rider. A head spike of a finish. The kind of thing that I couldn't do in WWE. So that was a perfect illustration of I'm a different goddamn animal. But also, he puts Robinson over by allowing him to um, kick out of what was a really finish. He won the yeah, WWE time. title with that. Yeah.
0: With that, with the dirty deeds, you know.
2: So clever. I don't think it's going to reach the heights of that match because there was a shock and a special factor around it. It was like falling in love with someone across 20 minutes. It was just awesome. Um, But, you know, they've got great in-ring chemistry. They've got history. Um, A lot of AEW fans are knowledgeable about that history, so it should be received as a big deal. Um, Despite the eliminator trappings of it, I just can't see this going any other way, particularly when Moxley needs to be built up to build up uh, MJF, which we'll get to. But I'm expecting a really, really good match. And if you've not really seen much of Juice Robinson, if you're more of an AEW fan than a New Japan fan, but you might have seen him as CJ Parker... This is a completely different pro wrestler. Um, one of the best working punches in the game. Just nothing too flashy, um, but he knows how to goddamn work in the traditional sense of the word.
1: He exudes confidence on that road too. I, I hope really he talks tonight. Yeah,
0: yeah, he's kind of an, he's an underrated talker, Juice Robinson. So he, he gained raves for certain press conference promos he would cut in New Japan. In fact, on route to winning that United States title, it was all very much built off the fact that for a couple of years he talked this brilliant game but Gedo's going to Gedo and he'll push somebody exactly when he's ready to push them and not a second sooner. George Robinson, I remember, was an example of a guy that sometimes you do sort of have to change plans because he didn't. It kind of felt at times like his momentum was stalling in New Japan in another company that maybe had a little bit more flexibility. He looked like the guy a couple of times mm. in G1s as well where like he could have broken through, had things just been a bit different for him. Um, and I wonder if he'll be, well, he's a wrestler so of course he'll be thinking about it, like how just how well can tonight go? You know, Moxley clearly as like I would assume is very ready to go to bat for Juice Robinson. He'll remember how important that match was for him and the chemistry. CW days. Yeah, like the you know solving, back. for the Juice Robinson to be a guy like Moxley did to leave that system to bet on himself and to make something of himself outside of WWE and kind of like disprove the narrative that it had to be there if you were going to make it anywhere, that sort of thing. They just there. yeah, it's this is what I would like, this is nice law for those that give a toss about it. And a very good match on its own steam for those that don't. Um, Juice Robinson also this year turned heel and joined Bullet Club. Now, that could mean nothing or it could mean something. Bullet Club are not, especially not in New Japan at this point. The concern that they were several years ago, it doesn't represent what it once did. They're still splintered across Impact, though. So the, the idea is that Bullet Club can tell you that they're taking over wrestling, even if it doesn't always feel like it. If Adam Cole, let's say, was healthy, then he would be somebody that you would absolutely be thinking about at the moment to... John Moxley should be looking over his shoulder if Jay White was perhaps more present and so on and so on and so on. Uh, Like, we were talking about this in the office. I'm really struggling, unless it's MJF, to think of a John Moxley full gear opponent. And if this Juice Robinson thing on paper looks like a nice booking, but in fact opens a little forbidden door to Bullet Club, as John Moxley has always been that guy, then maybe there's something to that as well. Mm. It could just be a one and done, but like... Maybe there's an angle to this as well. Maybe there's something more interesting that we're not yet seeing about this booking. A proper Tony Khan move where he shows you one cool match, but you haven't thought about the the other ramifications. Well, it's funny because you go from juice
1: to hangman page and there's the Adam Cole association with each of those things. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, In terms of MJF, I think they're in the home of cheese sticks, Philly, tonight. What's he going to have to say for himself?
0: Um... Much of what we've been getting out of him lately, I think, he's, as you would have expected, uh, j- like just an elite uh, pro wrestler already, so he's figured out how to measure the babyface chance versus the heel shtick versus the heel um, demeanor and the match he's building with John Moxley, it would seem. So more of that, I think a little bit of it. I really don't want yet MJF versus Moxley, so I'm finding it difficult to... Think of who, like MJF last week with Wheelie Utah right? Obviously, he just completely, Utah was sent out there to die. But even that was tethered to Moxley because was in Blackpool Combat Club. Yeah. And they might, I would assume, I know MJF doesn't work regularly, mm-hmm. but they might well do that TV match or at very least set up a situation where MJF bludgeons in with a dynamite diamond ring as a point to say, oh, look, it's really cool when you bleed together, isn't it, Moxley? Well, I'll bleed with you at full gear and I'll take a title off you, whatever. Um, but I, because just subjectively, I don't massively want that. I'm struggling to see who else he starts fighting fires with. It just feels like it is him and Mox. It feels like that's everything they've set in place. And I wish it was happening without a belt. I would have been banged. Like, yeah. I mean, if Danison had won last week and we're like, right, now the way is clear. Let's get to MJF Moxley. Let's go. And it's a huge win for MJF. Massive feather in his cap at a pay-per-view, the whole deal. If he's fighting for the title, whilst, like if he's building up a feud against the champion, whilst also holding the chip in his hand, that's more of a shock moment than a, I'll see at the pay-per-view so it's just uh, that feels like it's got to be where it goes but only because as of yet AEW haven't shown me anything else Little will pitch for you what if during
1: Moxley Robinson you subtly have <laughs> MJF sat there with the chip watching and occasionally you could cut to him for his reactions during the uh, what would be the messaging they'd be trying to get across there <laughs> during the match you should absolutely do this because
2: I'm
0: kind of none the wiser <laughs>
1: to, uh,
0: he, he should rip the piss out of that by the way yes he like, should he should he should like, have the lives on that tonight. You know what he should do? Because
2: it was the one thing that everyone was kind of unanimous about when watching Grand Slam. He should put the heat on himself for that and said, I demanded those shots.
0: Great idea. Yeah.
2: I absolutely demanded those shots.
0: The whole I've point of the title now is more about me than whoever's fighting for it.
2: Absolutely. Yeah. I've got, and just take the heat for something that was criticised. Like, ah, I demanded those shots. Mm. I've got all the leverage here. I'm yet to sign a contract extension. I don't care about this so-called great technical wrestling match. It's just two morons beating the blood out of each other. The camera needs to see me. Something like that. Mm. I, even as a throwaway line, I used to like it when they really sort of took accountability for and made fun of their own mistakes. Me <laughs> 69 Me Don, Nak- Nakazawa with the yeah. oh, yeah. oiling up the turnbuckles and stuff like that. Um, before I get into what I think MJF is going to say, the substance of it, um, me and Hamlet, being nerds, watch wrestling sometimes at work when it's not necessary to do our content. And we were reminded of an MGF promo building up to a match with Darby Allen um, when he was in Boston. And uh, he likes to do accents sometimes. Like he was doing like He, took, he used to take the piss out of Hicks. Um, I love me, Marcota Rhodes. <laughs> and his Boston one was, Here is my impression of all of your mothers.
3: Harder, MGF, harder.
2: You <laughs> might do a Philly accent. Now, if you're wondering what that sounds like and um, if MGF can better it, here's Dennis Reynolds from It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. <laughs> oh, uh, would you look at that, Philadelphia.
1: <laughs> i'm in philadelphia.
3: philadelphia you like
1: your stupid
3: hardcore matches don't you you brain dead assholes <laughs> in philadelphia
2: so the I, city that hates Santa claus so hopefully more of that yeah more of that um in terms of what he's actually gonna say um, shout out to all our
0: philadelphia listeners <laughs> i want to try g-state one day yeah. Oh, my Looks uh, nice. it yeah. It's American. I've done it again. A big pile of food. You know what big oh, yeah. pile of food? Some food on top of that food. <laughs> what was
1: it? Muffins with crisps inside. Uh, in what? And,
0: uh, Reese's pieces what peanut, Reese's peanut butter cup with crisps in. <laughs> so you see that food over there? You need some food in that food. I loved it. I mean what i can't, coke.
1: Space flavoured.
2: <laughs> I mean, I can't say anything about being a fat bastard. I had a burger, a meat stack. <laughs> mm.
1: Oh my
3: god.
0: The other day. Yeah. And uh, it's a hash brown and a burger. Yeah. Oh. I wasn't even convinced it would Greg's go. Greg's have started offering to put them in the breakfast sandwiches now, you know. Have they? It's 50p a shot. And I'm assuming it's like, it's a fiver, put 10 in. <laughs> oh
1: my god. Uh-huh.
2: And it was absolutely sensational. Uh, a cheesesteak always looks like just incredible. Because mm. we have a. um, it's The Subway in the UK has the. Cheesesteak steak melt. And, cheese and, and <laughs> it just is great, but you can tell it's just sat in a.
0: A steel a tray for about an right.
2: hour in a box. I, gonna, I
0: would love a Philly cheesesteak. Go on the network, and then um, there are 95 King of the Rings in Philadelphia, and Bob Backlund's doing that running for president thing, and the whole thing is he's disgusted by the state of the nation now. And they do this sh- It's proper Pritchard stuff, and it's class. He holds the cheesesteak, like, right up to the camera. See, I think it's Backlund's face you can see in the background. He's like, this disgusting mountain of evil. And I was like, yeah, I don't <laughs> want to <do> that. <laughs> <laughs> There's me as a kid running headfirst into the glass of the telly.
2: So I don't know what MJF's going to say. <laughs> <laughs> I've got no idea what he's going to say. Because it's one of those things where we like to preview the, uh, the. Uh, funnily enough, <laughs> it's the AW Dynamite preview. So we do like to discuss the prospective quality of the match and the story beats we're going to see unfold. But it's MGF cutting a promo. He wrong-foots you every time. He cultivates these mysteries. Um, there's an uncertainty around everything he does generally because of his manipulate a shtick, but this has been um, intensified now that he's playing with the contract status, the potential to cash in. Um, ultimately, I don't think he's going to say, all right, the full gear main event set because we need a main event match. Uh, but it's interesting because the, uh, the all-out 2022 pay-per-view buys came in a little bit lower than they would have liked. And maybe that had something to do with the fact that not everyone was convinced that, oh, we're going to get this main event between Mox and Punk, and it's going to be great. Like, I think everyone kind of knew, but didn't it? Maybe that affected the buy. So maybe they want to get ahead this Mm -hmm. time around, but it's not going to be MGF who lays down the challenge. That goes against the grain of everything we know about the MGF character. So I suspect more uncertainty, more implicit threats, that he's going to do something to devalue the title. I think he, the character,
1: is going to for at least this week, just going to say, he's not going to show his hand. Mm, indeed. Uh, speaking of champions, uh, again, a lovely moment on the road to this week uh, with the acclaimed backstage just after they've won the tag titles. Uh, fantastic promo cut by uh, by Anthony Boat, by Max Caster, and by Ass, I should mention as well. He says some nice things. What What's next for them? What's next for Keith Lee and Swerve? Is, is Ward Joe a possibility, f- future challenge for, for the acclaimed? Because... <laughs> on the road to us, loving it, right until the last sort of minute where Smart smart Mark's turning and his boys go, what's next for us? Maybe a tag title shot. And I was like, no, obviously not. Next thing for you is yeah. to piss off off my telly for a bit. Jesus of,
0: Christ. The battle of the belts on the horizon. So, you know, uh, yeah. That's how you start getting the stats padded, isn't it? <laughs> if you look at
2: Tony's patterns, you could tell from the segment backstage at Dynamite Grand Slam that FTR are probably going to dispense with the Gun Club en route to them having the full gear match. That's not necessarily the route I would take. Um, I forgot about that promo because I just assumed the rubber match was a given. That's the thing. And then they're not going to do FTR versus Gun Club in Newark for for the pay. I just can't see that happening at all. But it feels like they've... Put FTR there for a reason, and that's going to be the match at full gear. I wouldn't do it. I've said this on Twitter. Hopefully the mega fans will forgive me. <laughs> but I love the idea of the acclaimed not being the sort of act that is primed for a lengthy tag team title run, a la Page and Omega or the Bucks. I like the idea that um, a lot of people have fantasy books something similar with Eddie Kingston. It's almost a bit cruel, actually. Of Oh, he gets a title for a week, and then he gets his dreams of being a top guy <laughs> crushed. So I don't think he wants to be you know the the Mick Foley guy. He wants to be a pillar, goddammit. damn yeah, it. Yeah. Um, but anyway, so I think if you were transpose that sort of fan sentiment, it really matches with the acclaimed. Are they just were they just so over in one building? Are they so lightning in a bottle over where everyone just loves being in like loves being in love with the catchphrases and the acting and me Daddy ass and all the rest of it? And a good Booker might anticipate. This not lasting forever and maybe if the match quality continues to be good not great, they were great once but mainly good not greatly acclaimed that fans will probably tire of the novelty of the act and I just think that it's all very sentimental look at the nature of the title win it's all very sentimental, I love the idea of them doing Swerve Not Glory versus the Acclaimed 3 at the pay-per-view with the idea being that their potential standing as sentimental champions means it's the most easy-to-buy title switch on a first AEW title defense yeah. ever mm-hmm. because they, more often than not, either book really lengthy, sprawling reigns or when they want to book a short one, they boom, 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 pack them with defenses, I'll interim FTR's tag team title reign. So they never go short or hardly ever. Um, but I love the idea of them playing with that. But I do think it's going to be FTR versus the acclaimed. And we're going to see... Um, more strong teasers in that direction.
1: Lee and Swerve are doing some, some sort of celebrity match against some rappers or something, I think I saw on social media. Cool.
0: I, 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 I don't know what... Uh, it's been hinted at. I don't think it's been confirmed. It was weird. I didn't write. I didn't. I wasn't high on Dynamite and Rampage, I thought it was better, but Grand Slam in general I thought it was okay. One of the things I didn't expect there to be loads of criticism for was a bunch of people saying, like, oh, there's too many celebrities or rappers on the show. Like, nobody... Maybe you could argue that the Trina use was egregious because the, like that match was crap on Rampage and the finish looked kind of useless and she looked like she didn't really want to be there. But other than that, like I didn't get the sense that any of them were like overwhelming on the show. Mm. There was nobody that felt like they were getting in the way of the action, the wrestling, none of that sort of stuff. Uh, this would maybe cross that line, I suppose. If you take an act, that like Swerve and Our Glory now have this one thing to do. They, they could claim a bit of an injustice. Like Billy Gunn yeah. hitting a Famouser on the outside, that's reason for them to very quickly work their way back into getting a rematch. We know that um, at least at least for the rampage sake with Kingston and Guevara, there was this, right, the referees are going to be scrutinised, so that's an easy thing to go back to. So you know what, they are being scrutinised, we've had another look at the tape, that's not on. You're going to have to have a rematch, and who are the acclaimed as babyfaces to say no to that, and yada yada. So if Swerve and Glory aren't pursuing that, like it's a, a terrible look on them. It's a really, like, we said this back when John Moxley was screwed by Kenny Omega. Like, he has to be zeroed in on getting the AW title at the f- earliest opportunity because that's what, like, ex-champions should be doing. Yeah. And I know Swerve and our Glory are closer to heels than babyfaces right now, but Keith Lee, especially, like, I know Swerve, well, Swerve as well, because he's a cynical prick heel. But both of them, for very different reasons, should be saying, now, nah, hang on, there's a decider in this and not farting around. So mm. I don't know what there is to that, but hopefully not a lot.
1: Is there a bit of pressure on AEW tonight with regards? I me and Sid discussed this on the the Rampage review regarding this new. We're tightening up with the whole referees thing, and I know I know that's a little bit of the Eddie Kingston storyline of like, he's just like, you want me to stop? You want me to stop doing bad things? Stop putting bad people in front well, of
0: me? it's an odd case of telling and not showing because AEW just delivered finishes for however long it was. Like, they they had their modus operandi, and for the the longest time possible, they tried to follow all the rules of the universe they'd set up, and then gradually stopped a little bit, or started colouring a little bit outside the lines. Lost their way. Lost their way, yeah, that's a fair way of putting it, because by and large, it's like they're still, it's still sort of solid in terms of delivering pinfalls, and, you know, like, wins and losses at very least, even if now a lot are interference-based. This is them, like, maybe what Tony Khan is doing is, like, me going online and saying I'm not going to get, a Greg's for a month because then I'm <laughs> then I'm accountable to the people I've told it to maybe Tony Khan is going to test himself by saying that I don't out, care if you get a Greg's or not, <laughs> but like saying Pressing
1: it out the hash browns that's a game changer
0: yeah I know like saying it out loud to people on Twitter is making yourself accountable for a thing that you once were doing without needing to say maybe we're not going to notice it out we're not going to notice it outwardly the commentators aren't going to feel the need to mention it much but just the finishes are going to be dependable again and the wins and losses are going to be held like held to a bit more daily than they maybe have been of late I don't care if he said this in
2: specific reference to what's going on with Eddie Kingston and Sammy Guevara, because what he's probably done here, and again, if it's inadvertent or not, and I hope realistically, because it would mean he's got his finger on the pulse, that it was a catch-all, I accept the criticism of late, I know we've fallen by the wayside in terms of our finishes and all the rest of it. I hope he would have the conscious mind to actually say this. But even if he's just said something and not realized, oh, hang on, everyone's going to give us pelters if I continue to do stupid referee. The referee's acting stupid in every other match, which has been a significant AEW problem for possibly longer than Hamlet said. Um, If nothing else, people now have something to say, well, hang on. Mm. Yeah. TK. (laughs) See, I can do it
3: with Pepper H as well.
2: (laughs) Hang on, TK. You said you were going to sort this out. Yeah. Which is funny because there's a match coming up which kind of betrays all of that.
1: Slash wrestling. Indeed, I thought it was ironic that I was talking about this just before we got to a Ring of Honor world title match featuring Bandido versus the Ojo, Chris Jericho.
2: He absolutely does his Ojo
1: Jericho. <laughs> He's got a championship celebration. I assume that happens
0: afterwards. Well, we were saying it's got to happen first, isn't it? I don't know. Because he, like... If he books his... I mean, maybe that's quite a good heel stick. You book your celebration for after the match you're going to assume like that, you're going that to win. Be, that would be that's tremendous. That's quite funny, isn't it? Like, He's got the party set ready, but it's like, let me just beat his loser first. <laughs> yeah, that's quite cool. him in the ballot, yeah, yeah. hit
1: him with a bat. I've got six lads who can come around at ringside or whatever. I certainly think that in fiction
2: and all the rest of it, and wrestling is certainly included in that, rules are meant to be broken, but you adhere to the rules very, very strictly for much of the time, so that when you break it, it resonates as a yes. shock and a transgression, and you might finally think that, oh, this faction's really intimidating, because, and they're really, they're rogues, and they're violent guys, because they've done a brawl in the post-match, as opposed to, this happens every
1: week. <laughs> well like Club in New Japan, their origins there, yeah, and it's yeah. like, whoa, 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 this doesn't happen here. Yeah, yeah. I'd like
2: to reestablish that as a thing, like the inner circle did feel, so much like, these dickhead transgressors, who shouldn't be doing this because on every show so far, because this is before we got to episodic TV, that, oh, you were promised clean finishes and all the rest of it. They felt like a real heel gang at first. They were great. Um, So, but it's interesting because obviously this is in place for Chris Jericho to then sully the good name of um, Paul Turner and his crusade to tighten up the officiating and all the rest of it. Um. This kind of only works if you have the officiating done really well for three months across the board, and then one person, one talent, one heel can then start to break the rules, and he becomes a transgressor. He becomes someone who ruins your fun um, for a while. So it's very interesting that they're doing these two things at the same time. I know that Tony Khan isn't an idiot. I Even during a bad year for him, which is still a great year for most of the bookers, but a bad year for him, there's still so much of let it play out. Oh, it played out brilliantly, actually. I'll be having that. Um, but it is interesting, the timing. I suspect he's going to have it um, all in mind. But yeah, he's going to cheat. Does he have to cheat to be bandido? Yes, because it ties into the Daniel Garcia thing. Hmm. Does him cheating completely negate everything Tony Khan has been sort of saying about Paul Turner? Also, yes. So <laughs> I, I mean, it's
1: a tightrope they're walking in. It's a
2: tightrope, it? and, you know, Tony Khan's usually very deft <laughs> when it comes to this sort of thing I used to be. So I'm very interested in how this plays out. I'm less interested in the match itself between Jericho and Bandido, which Jericho's going to win, but I've cheated to advance the Garcia stuff. I don't think it's going to be very good. I honestly think that Bandido and Jericho, it just screams wavelength chemistry issues from me. Usually a match graphic where you've got an incredible wrestling legend on great form, versus one of the world's best super workers on the fringe, usually you think... Oh my God. That's going to be absolutely Will awesome. Sting on Rampage.
0: What? Yeah. Awesome at, like what they could do, theoretically. Like. This
2: feels like the worst version of two incredible worlds colliding. I just... I can f- smell the chemistry issues from a million miles away. They might be completely unfounded. Honestly, that might be incredibly dis- disrespectful to Chris Jericho, who's had an absolutely awesome year something about this match i just can't see it working and, and mm. i maybe it's just my ingrained cynicism maybe it's the fact that they are they work so differently mm. and it's going to be hard to establish chemistry over a series of matches which we know this won't turn into uh,
1: also there is the aspect uh, Hamlet, of the the long term storytelling cuz if we know one thing about bandido you don't like cheating in world title matches in ring of honor
0: no that tony khan replied to uh, somebody's Instagram message or something saying he's getting this match because um, he never got a rematch for the Ring of Honor title when he fought Jonathan Gresham. I think it was or it was? Like the was like with the cheating, like playing in there with Chavo Guerrero. Can't and wait like, for Gresham to turn up then. Oh god, if, that, <laughs> yeah. if, if that's the rule, <laughs> like bulldogging, not you know. Where's my title shot? Where's my title shot? that Tony Khan? He's forgotten. You? <laughs> <laughs> god, no. they, um, i um, oddly because we talked about this a little bit. The age? Oh, no, He's there already. <laughs> the graphic drop.
1: It was funny, by the way, when he was like, "Is the person in his corner?" Went there, you go. And he went, "Well, stop that." Yeah. <laughs>
0: no, it's not. No, it's not honourable. It's not honourable. It's a ring of honour. Yeah, we had the same feeling off this match. Like the the graphic dropped over the weekend, and like, they're great. Normally, the AEW Dynamite graphic drops are awesome. And then I was reading like quite a lot of positivity, and I just I wasn't on the bandwagon. I wasn't feeling it. I wasn't going to like do a retweet and like throw in some thoughts. It's just like, oh. Well, I don't have a great feeling about it, but Jericho's had a good year of proving you wrong. I wasn't mega mega high on the match like going into it last week, and I loved it. I, I, like I love the match with Claudio, So who knows? Um, and Styles clashes can sometimes work wonderfully, etc. The way you put in the celebration, I think, could be interesting. Uh, who are the Jericho Appreciation Society really feuding with anybody at the moment? It's been a lot of little. The Blackpool Combat Club because they're still. Like Claudio, ah, just, he wants his belt back, and yeah. Kingston and Guevara, yeah, I guess. It'd be quite funny if Jericho had done that thing, but we've got a celebration, you got it all ready to go, like, as soon as I finish, I'll get back here, we'll have a great time, blah, 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 I'll bring a cameraman with me, the whole deal. And then, like, either at some, like, the match is happening or whatever, the Blackpool Combat Club get into a massive fight, the Jericho Appreciation Society, while he's gone... And he has to go to the back with the cameraman and they mirror the celebration of him with the world title where well, there's nobody there for him. Yeah, there's so a little guy in here. There's a little, yeah, guy little guy in here. little guy in here. And that little guy's down Garcia. No, like the... <laughs> But, like, there's, there's nobody around. He's having to do that again where he's riffing on the bubbly and all the rest of it. And it's just, yet again, world champion Chris Jericho has been hung out to dry in his big celebration. And there's nothing there because of Blackpool Complex. Plus, Jericho can then book
1: himself in about four different title matches. <laughs> <where> <laughs> he he's swigging s- people off. He walks past like he did last time. 12 different... That
2: was so wonderfully cool. Sky, Yeah. Uh, maybe, yeah. yeah the
1: foreshadowing and that was just beautiful. I
2: think the celebration opens the show and... Um, I, it might add a little bit of just visual, like detail and just something to catch your eye if it's Chris Jericho doing a championship celebration it is going to look absolutely ridiculous there'll be gifts there'll be like little little dinosaurs hopping around <laughs> out there just like stupid bollocks like mascots and banners if the match plays out against this ridiculous backdrop ordered to be set up by this ridiculous sports entertainer and it's like the contrast between what we know of the classic Ring of Honor title matches with those dark lights and those really bouncy rings and the technical virtuosity, and then you've got, like, just Jericho being a f- clown <laughs> in front of a banner and some cake doing an ROH title match like this. I think that contrast
0: could be exceptional. It, uh, he's he said, like, Garcia, oh, so like, I know some of this feels like it's going against your grain. So I've got this, like, technical wrestler T-shirt, and it's just a massive picture of Chris Jericho, like, saying, technical <laughs> wrestler. So it's just for you, Daniel. Like, see, we're cool, right? Like, you, you play with the rock picture of himself. We're, we're, bit and we're, all we're all both
1: that. champions, the Joe Hendry and Joseph Connors. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> we're both champions. There's a picture of the two of us.
2: And the best thing about the, well, one of the best things about the AW commentary team, you could even get Jim Ross on Dynamite for one call me for this, because he's so good at registering his disgust. Yeah. With the idea being that this is stupider than even Vince would dress a title match. And it's happening at
1: Ring of Honor. Mm. What a disgrace. What would um, Jim Ross say at the opening of the show? That's all I'm thinking about. Well, right. if I'm th- ordering the show.
2: Uh, okay. uh, uh, boom, let's go, flash, now. And then like, you got the intro, and then you, <laughs> and you get got the pyro. Runners, it now? You know what that means? I become a Judas in my mind,
1: a Judas in my likes. <laughs> uh, any other? Any? I mean, obviously, it's going to be the about the celebration. Yeah, right? it's obviously going to be about the awkwardness of Daniel Garcia. That's something he wants to say for over a week now, or, or at least a week, uh, and it's going to be all about that. Could have just texted him on Thursday,
0: <laughs> <laughs> but that's bloody wrestling for you, isn't it? Garcia, I think, will. Uh, they're going to set up a pure title match for Garcia at a lot of belts, which Andy Murray tells me has been moved to like a rampage night rather than probably because they're scared of going head to with Extreme Rules. But it was going to be on the Saturday night, and now it's going to Moriarty. It, they've built for Garcia, yeah.
2: They may have Stokely mentioned that the other week,
0: so oh, yeah. Firm uh, Jericho appreciation. I know that's a bit weird because the heels, but like just overlaps, maybe like something to do with Garcia, where you, you're able to separate him from the nonsense a little bit and he can. So, well, he's actually quite keen to deal with this and whatnot. That's Jericho and Stokely as well, potentially going to dead promos there. Oh, that'd yeah. be
1: good. Any other, any other picks? I'm just thinking, Ring of Honor does lots of, like, streamers stuff, isn't it? I like the idea of 2.0, just, or, you know, Matt and, yeah, that's uh, quite uh, nice. and Angelo. That, they're the ones I'm going to be watching here, I've got to be honest. And any other any other things? What was you talking about? The Jericho, weren't we, before? Yeah,
2: Jericho, just to dampen the fun <laughs>
1: uh,
2: of my idea that I'm going to be pissed if it doesn't happen now of Bandito just wrestling in front of banners and mascots and stuff, is they've done this once before, that being um, Chris Jericho holding a title celebration on the same night as work. I think it was the same match as the Scorpio Sky, same night as the, the the Scorpio Sky match, where this is when Chris Jericho just created a meme by breathing, and he was just so over, a little bit of the bubbly, there's a little guy in there. And he was like, this followed as well. Like, remember the Inner Circle parodies Cody's training video? <laughs> and he kissed Guevara on the cheek and all the rest of it, it was all time
0: early AW moment, that package. Yeah, Incredible. like Chris
2: Jericho's an all timer AW guy. To Virgil. I'm the fake members. Virgil Zem. over Olive Garden or something. Chris Jericho's talented. is like the breadsticks at Olive
0: Garden. (laughs) Sammy Guevara. (laughs) Unlimited. Straight-faced deadpan. Like, sort of there. He is the longest reigning (laughs) AEW (laughs) champion of all time. He is the youngest AEW (laughs) AEW champion of all time. Great. They really
2: forced a version of this Mm. when Chris Jericho was celebrating being the champion. And it was like, Jake Hager came out with, and here's Chris jericho <laughs> <laughs> This one, is, the fun's gone now, has not it? <laughs> and I'm worried that they're going to try and do this again. But this time, the idea is that you're meant to think it's... Because at the time, you were loving Chris Jericho, loving to hate him. You're kind of meant to think he's sullying the good name of wrestling now. So the lamer, the better this time, I think. You know, um, called open for The Office, where but ba- Bandito is in a cake. <laughs> and comes out, you know... Is your main event later on. I'll be a bit annoyed.
0: Yeah, where he's in the, like, it's Michael's celebration. It's just before, like, Charles Minor comes in and cuts it all off. And Jim's coming to work in a tux, which Michael thinks is really classy. And him, and like, he's winding up Dwight by saying, come on, Dwight, that's not classy. And then he Mm. pitches the exact same thing as Dwight and says, classy. Like, what if, like, Jericho just started ranking things whether or not they're, like, honourable or... Not honourable. So, like, he's getting these things, out. i that's very honourable. And then somebody else say, like... But he had like, commentary,
1: didn't he? Why yeah. don't you,
0: you, you take this guy out and fight one-on-one? That's not honourable. It's just like... And he just forces it, because Jericho does that until he you like it, goddammit. He's like honor. Will Bourne, isn't he? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, Chris Jericho's a lot like Adam Will Bourne. You're right, you bring stacks out. That's <laughs> the it. list of honour that you Yeah, yeah.
3: Out. Oh. Someone say my name.
0: Oh. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, we did Starks.
2: Um, I don't know why actually. Oh god, um, um, are you looking forward to Dynamite tonight, Starks?
3: Not really. I'm in a bit of a bit of a down place right now. Ah, oh, Stax, what's wrong? Just you know, with Tony D's injury, which you can hear more about on the NFC 2.0. Over- oh, thanks, Yeah, you, you can hear about it on the, <laughs> the NFC 2.0 review. Yeah, you know, I just, uh, I'm just feeling a little bit down in the dumps.
2: Okay, well, why don't you tell us a joke, Starks, to cheer? Cheer up the mood in the room. That's
3: a good idea, Sid. You know what? On the NXT 2.0 review, of course, you got to choose the topic of uh, jokes. Evelyn, why don't you uh, pick a topic that uh, you'd like to hear a little joke from good old Stacks. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> so you cats, and we've just been talking about, oh, I'll go with goats, please. Ah, oh, Stacks, I consider you one of the goats. I'm assuming there's some not very nice jokes about goats, to be honest, out
2: there. think, Pick a different topic. Stacks is can be trusted typically. Okay, okay.
3: I'm
0: saying as he looks into his brain.
3: I, I think I, uh, uh... Whatever floats your goat, I got something for you here. <laughs> I told you I could trust him. <laughs> I don't know
0: can you. Mad how he's cheered up so quick, as <laughs> well? <laughs> I think he just loves jokes that much. He
2: just loves the banter, doesn't he? What's uh, like a hand?
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs>
3: uh... <laughs> hang on. he's all pretty crap that uh, I'm thinking of... And and that's and globally, and that's, that's such coming. That's coming from you, stock. I stand it. Okay, I'm gonna go. With... <laughs> no <I> idea. <didn't. laughs> uh, barring ones. I don't guess a shape that bars. I don't think so I can buy, buy anything gold.
2: What's wrong with stocks? <laughs> what is going on with stocks? Well, what, what is going on? What is
3: uh with... I'll tell you why. I got a joke for. You. I got a joke for you now. Okay. Other than, of course, NXT 2.0. And you know what? AEW Dynamite, I'm going to put over the competition here. Even though it's not that competition anymore. And, you know, we were just developmental, so you didn't really beat anything, actually, on the Wednesday Night Wars.
0: Cole Cart looked good in that Battle Royal on Rampage. And he looked okay. And <laughs>
3: <laughs> thought he was dead, to be honest. <laughs> what is a GOAT's favorite TV show?
2: I can work this out, stacks, actually, because they're usually based on puns. Yeah. Indeed. Um... What rhymes with goat? I know, that's all <laughs> The love goat. Love goat.
3: Probably better than what I was thinking of. America's goat talent. Get <laughs> <laughs> out of the fire once again. You what? did it, what,
0: what did you scroll past in your brain to pick that one, Stacks. Uh
3: What's a uh, goat's favorite chick flick? Something's goat to give. Uh, what you call a goat always <laughs> cleaning up? A Roomba. What? Uh,
2: well, what, was
3: tell that? You what, what was that? Uh, what do you call a goat that's always cleaning up? Uh, a Roomba. Roomba.
2: Okay, okay. Why don't you pronounce it correctly?
3: It's <laughs> <laughs> more, more sheep. I, I didn't like it. I didn't like it. But I'll tell you what. What do you call a young goat that knows martial arts? Uh, the Karate Kid. The Karate Kid.
2: hi <laughs> <laughs> Uh
0: Bye, Starks. <sighs> it's nice when he pops in, isn't it? Is, it? Yeah. Yeah, it is, yeah. I, mean, I think we cheered him up yeah. on the other way around this time because he was having pretty yeah, low. Steph as he left there, yeah. yeah. Uh, Jungle Boy. <laughs>
1: <laughs> he wants for... Re- <laughs> Jack Perry. Yeah, Jungle Boy Jack Perry wants revenge. Again, he said so on the road too. And Christian said, don't turn up next week. So he's probably going to turn up tonight, one would assume.
2: If uh, he gets revenge every week for the next eight months, <laughs> you know what's going to happen? He's going to be top of the rankings and Tony Khan's going to do nothing about it because <laughs> he was, he's not doing this
0: to win. He wants revenge against Christian Gage. It, it's weird. Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus, I think, is, a, is it a full game match? Yeah, of course it is because paypal has got like 20 matches on him. It's a full game match. <laughs> <and> <laughs> what is isn't a goddamn people? Like
3: It's the way I tell them.
0: A boy and his dinosaur. Explode! He's all, he's, it's not a bad way to, like, fill time between the pay-per-view cycles while Christian recovers, to be fair to them. Are three more? And uh, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> it's well, this is it. I I I'll
1: see you at all out <laughs> next year. I don't
0: know what you do after he beats Luchasaurus, but Luchasaurus is absolutely destroyed. They've got a match here. They have at least got that, and I think this is the, this is the sort of, um, like, the grace period for the Jungle Boy Christian story because... I, do Luchasaurus. Do it. Set up for the pay per Luchasaurus has been super dominant. Just, he, like, he's a dinosaur. That's ridiculous now that he's a heel monster. He's I know, just, it just he's work just for me at all. massive. That's what he is. He's massive, and Jungle Boy is little, and sometimes the old things still work in wrestling. How can Jungle Boy beat Luchasaurus? Because he's dead hard and massive. You're gonna have to scale back the dinosaur stuff. That's like, the thing, you I really might to. To, I might even take the, the mask off. Of maybe. Actually. Maybe. It's just too silly. my <laughs> name, is Lou. Luchasaurus! <laughs> And I hail from New Jersey, and let me tell you about a pay-per-view that's there. <laughs>
2: I kind of need Luchasaurus to not have turned heel ever. It isn't working for me at all. He's, uh, he's Ricky Steamboat in that. Ricky Steamboat was so good at a baby face <laughs> the that you just would never turn him. Why yeah, would you yeah, bother? Yeah, yeah. I don't think Luchasaurus is as good as Ricky Steamboat, right? Not that high on all of it but my god on wrestle joy it's like <laughs> <laughs> it's guys
3: <Demacus. laughs> cheer up about the wrestling
2: <laughs> at the same time i just <laughs> don't it's like i can't bring myself to boo luchasaurus like i think he's so great and i've had so many great times just watching him do his ridiculous stuff it's just it's stupid. Do you know it what I think? Is. It's one of those things where it's like, why isn't this stupid when you're watching Luchasaurus? Yeah. And the reason why it's not stupid is because it's somehow magic. Watch him do all this. I, I think even Jim Cornette was like, "I love a boy." Can I just shock you? <laughs> I love a boy in his dinosaur. Like everyone, like everyone, like the dinosaur. Mm.
0: It's stupid now. As <laughs> a heel, he's kind of the fiend, isn't he? The tongue comes out, and it's like, it's, "It's just a bit stupid." But for he's me. massive.
1: Right, I loved can, it wrecking Jack Berry in that brief period where there's no Jungle Boy and it was just Christian Cage setting him on people. I quite enjoyed it. The
0: turn was frustrating in the fact that they'd gone back and forth on it, but the physical act of the turn, like dropping him on the like the metal crates and all that, like, that's pretty cool. He's massive. The Jungle uh, Boy's got to figure out how he's, to beat him. also a dinosaur, though. <laughs> I don't know how you get away from that. I don't know how you fix that. But
1: yeah, I sense maybe... Does yes. Christian
0: say that Jungle Boy was the manipulating him to be in a dinosaur? And he says, "I knew there was a man under there." And like Jack Perry, you're still a boy, but this guy's a man and at full gear. Bip, bip, but bip, bip, he's a bip, dinosaur. No, 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 no. He, and he's a
1: hand. Don't forget, he's the right hand of destruction, isn't he? That was what he I gave thought, him. So he's me, Young, he, and Mark Henry's I thought kid. that Was Jake No, no, no. He said, he said, oh, "You've took my right arm, so I've got my right hand of destruction." Yeah, but
0: okay, it's a claw then. A dinosaur with the power of the punch. I don't know. It's it's a real tricky. Problem they find themselves in. Kind <laughs> have a sticky situation over here. <laughs> uh,
1: another title match we need to talk about tonight is Tony Storm versus Serena Deep Sitch. Why is this happening? It's happening because Tony Khan
2: doesn't really care about women's wrestling. <laughs> Can you imagine? I'm not being funny, right? Can you imagine two weeks into his reign, John Moxley eating a pin in a tag team match? Yeah. Can you imagine this happening as a babyface? Right, Even somebody getting a shot on him with
0: a golden ticket was a little bit... A little bit. A little bit, it.
2: John Moxley with this. Yeah. The reason why it happened with Tony Storm and not with Jim Moxley is be- uh, Jim Moxley? <laughs> John Moxley. I saw, I Jim thought, thought, Moxley, the forbidden dog. I was going to say, I thought I saw Jim Moxley <laughs> at uh, the Gateshead Leisure Centre once, <laughs> <I alongside laughs> working in the UK
1: Undertaker. <laughs> I like the idea of deep John call. Moxley just looking down the camera lens when something happens backstage. <laughs> like, you reckon they say
3: Wild thing you bloody hard thing <laughs> <laughs> so i get <laughs> him <laughs> you make
2: everything
0: all right <laughs> <laughs> i used to be in the shields and it's just some lads with shields Better,
2: <laughs> <laughs> bit of context here i don't know what, what it was like in the states
1: but in the uk
2: they got a lot
0: of doinks in the states yeah, yeah, yeah in
2: every yeah. town there, in the
1: states in the states But in the UK that explains the bloody pay-per-view one (laughs) that's
2: Connecticut But in the UK, in the Tale of the Sky Sports 92 boom, there was just a circuit (laughs) where it's like, right, WWF's in. Let's get the biggest (laughs) asses out of the social clubs under a pair of foam shoulder pads. Nick will be the the Legion of (laughs) Legend of Doom. Legend of (laughs) Doom. Yeah, you know, the the UK Undertaker and you just have like absolute WWF parody shows at like oh, your centre. And so I, I, I distinctly remember going, here's a fact, though. I've got a bit of interest and trivia for you in a second, pal. But I remember going, you're a kid. You're not discerning at all. Everything's great. you never watched a bad film. You don't even know what a bad match is, a bad <laughs> bout. And I, I even, I was like, what is this? And I what? Oh, this is absolutely rubbish. Guess which form Newcastle you United football player I saw there. What, as a wrestler?
0: Under a, under a mask? No.
2: Peter Bearsley? No. Were they with, like, the you family? you got to cinch in the lock. <laughs> the day, the right time. This is getting very news podcast. Shocking I apologize. Love- no.
0: One more guess. Darren Peacock.
2: David Batty. Whoa. Oh,
0: Fancy David He's not a fan I used to serve him Donuts and waffles In Filey Because that's where He took his family They were all dressed In Puma King Because that was who He had a sponsorship deal with <laughs> David Batty anecdotes Smart Smart Sorry yeah. So you got
1: Jim Hoxley <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: Steve <laughs> Rollins And Brian Reigns <laughs> like, uh, The Attitude Era Sent that scene Like crazy Because like Obviously it was all Like sort of Sex and violence On Raw So it would be like A guy with a bandana And a beard It's sex prick <laughs> 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 oh, that crash you know, That's even more tragic no. That wouldn't have been anywhere near
2: after the SummerSlam 92 thing because Batty didn't sign for a few years after. So maybe they were still doing SummerSlam 92, still hot. Yeah. <laughs> and said. said us Leisure mm. Center, they're pathetic. Um, yeah, so basically, they would never do what they've done to John Moxley, to Tony Storm, to John Moxley, because there is an absolute, appreciably different standard when it comes to women's wrestling in AEW. And we're sick of it. And until it gets corrected, we are well, going to continue. Yeah to satirize this fairly apathetic division with a game. We've got one more game after this as well. To... <laughs> so this is the first of two games, okay? It's time to... it's time to play the game. Correct this time, Tamina, thank you. So
1: the game... Well, what's the, what's the,
2: well, the, the name the, of the game? The, the purpose of the game is, or how to win the game, is you correctly identify the first beat of music from the first entrance made by the obligatory women's match on the show. It was a bit of a little joke, so the idea behind it was to guess the minute, an hour, and second of virtually every single week because they were always thrown in the penultimate slot. Mm-hmm. And the name of the game, of course, is, Well, this is Ladies' Night, and I'm thinking no Before we go... The curator of the standings of Ladies Night mm-hmm. has written a great tweet and even done some statistician work yeah. to underscore yet again
1: why we need to keep doing this until it changes. Yes, this despite the fact he's been traveling. He went to Grand Slam, mm-hmm. did Adam Blair, at Adam Wilton 4 on Twitter. Uh, the results last week, by the way. Uh, Daddy Hamlet winning, uh, taking him to 4 and... Sorry, no, 2 and 7 <laughs> in uh, his guesses. Sidges is on 4 and 7. I'm uh, all level six four. each, so, yeah. So two <laughs> correct, two kidding. correct from Hamlet, four correct from Siege, six correct from the King of the Mike. Uh, but Adam Blair also tweeted subsequent to that. To call yourself that? It's his description. I'm just
0: you know using. Uh,
1: not my words. Well,
0: uh, Stacks is one and one and only. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> Stacks is is 100% the Perfect theater.
1: record and retired. Yeah. Uh, so Adam Blair. Yeah. Subsequently <laughs> tweeted. Ladies' night nice facts. Since the start of the game, the twenty second of June. Uh, There have been 14 ladies' nights, and there have only been two matches that went over 10 minutes, uh, and four that haven't been in the penultimate slot. Yeah, they do tend to have them as the penultimate match on the card. The average match length is 6 minutes and 19 seconds. Only 19 women have been featured in these
0: matches. Six-minute average. This two-hour-long show. Some damning numbers, like the 19 as well, considering that one of the biggest criticisms levied against AEW this year is that there are so many wrestlers that nobody is getting focused. They almost have the opposite problem in the women's division, like 19 women on a rotation, and yet almost none of them are in angles and stories either. Yeah. That's like, if there was that many men, you'd be like, well, there must be some awesome, focused storylines going on to use that few people. Yeah.
1: So Serena, Serena Deep's facing Tony Storm because Serena Deep pinned her, and she's clearly. Which would not never been. happen to Jim. Yeah. No. <laughs> What sucks about this,
2: right, is that this is one of the better-looking yeah. women's graphic match drops all year. Yeah. This should be a very, very good, technically accomplished match with, like, two women with really complimentary styles and a baby face in particular who can really sort of soar by escape and that which Serena Deep does, which is just really vicious-looking submission work. Um, so it really could be great, but it's just not going to be received with any kind of noise whatsoever. Who's going first? Uh many you
0: one, You can go I'll first. Go first. Uh, this, unless like we're going to get some mad surprise on Twitter this afternoon. This feels like a more traditional dynamite in terms of the card layout. So I'll go 1, 19 and 5 seconds.
1: 19 and 5 seconds. I want to go a little bit later than oh, that. I was to last, don't I? Yeah. Do you want you got you, got uh, you, got uh, a you said it now. Uh, <laughs> because <laughs> I was going Pl- to Planting the seeds for if and
0: when he is defeated by a mere minute. Yes.
1: <laughs> Uh, I uh, I think you're quite right I think we're going to open with Jericho stuff, Whether that be the title match Then
0: the celebration So
2: celebration. basically Boom, let's go wake, nah, You know what I mean? And then the Jericho stuff.
0: Sorry, just to clarify before we start there is at least another woman's segment on this show. Yes. Arguably one of the headline things based on the numbers she gets. We're not counting her music. No. Okay. Because that's not a match. If They have two... Yeah.
1: two ta- we, we retire the it's gimmick it. the day that they, they have actually two matches yeah. on this. Fair enough. Uh, I think Soraya may well be the top of the hour, though. Mm. I wouldn't be surprised by that, considering what you pointed out in terms of her numbers. And we'll talk about her in a second. Um, so I think... Or, you know, you have that. But I think... Uh, you're probably going to have back to back title matches in terms of, well, champions matches, I mean. Juice Robinson, main event, but you pointed out Moxley, you've, you've been always right on this. Moxley does not have long title matches, uh, or long matches, really, in AEW. So I'm going to go.
2: Basically, his longest match is the average length of a raw match. <laughs> but Papa H is still good.
1: 121. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, actually, I'm not. 121.36. <laughs> I'm going to go with 121. I reckon, yeah. 21, 36. Yeah,
2: three.
1: I think there might be some shenanigans maybe with Britt Baker as well involved ro- in all this.
0: One. And Saraya, no, no, no. no what I am I talking about? Yeah. Like going, yeah.
2: I'm going to go 1 22. No, no. A little bit harder. 1 24. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm fing now, aren't I? Because uh, you've got there before Couldn't me. Put I'm put it go- in the first hour. I'm going for, I'm, saying, I'm going to now. Otherwise, I look like the dickhead. Wouldn't have going to go on TNT now. You <laughs> have to now. Um, yeah. Going go for no hours. This is Serena Deeb. So I to get absolutely banded off the face of the earth here. Yeah. You no, know one hour, twenty <laughs> four minutes,
1: and five seconds. Right? You got a tight window. You
2: got a tight window. Tight
1: window this week. I thought you could do back to back if they put the women's match in the first hour.
0: Oh yeah. Mm.
1: We all agree though, Tony Storm wins. It's, time to it's time to play
2: the game. We're talking about Soraya next.
1: <laughs> Tony Storm wins though. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah, indubitably.
1: Indubitably. <laughs> uh yeah, is gonna be on and uh, we we all agreed she's gonna be a bit of a game game changer for AEW.
0: Hope so. Potentially, um, yeah, it remains like probably the biggest strike yet. If she isn't, and she can go, if we're like, if the, you know, based on what the commentators were saying and the very speculation that at some point down the line you're going to get her as a full time or as good as a full time wrestler, absolutely. And it's not just because of her in ring, which is good, but there might be better on the roster. But it's because she's got a good in ring plus a great. Star power and loads of inbuilt love, deep deep love from the fan base, as evidenced by the huge BAP and by a number of other things, including the YouTube numbers for her comeback, which nearly doubled the next highest thing, which was I think Moxley Danielson. Um, and then there's like there's a couple of other things around seven hundred and fifty thousand mark, and then a huge drop off. Paige did, uh, Saraya did one point five million the comeback. Wow. And, you know, they lingered on it as well, so it became this great piece of television, um, and that's probably what got, like, there was good word of mouth around it. She's the sort of person, if this thing sort of still happened, which I don't imagine it does, but this idea of, like, where there would be the channel hopping, it would be like, oh, tell your friend, because is about to come on, they're going to advertise her before she comes out. Though. The sense is going to be a good sense of ceremony around this, and even if Tony Storm and Serena Deep haven't really got an angle, and it's just a title match, the angle at least feels like it's here for Soraya to get the best possible introduction back into the ring, if she is indeed wrestling, in a tag match, getting the hottest of hot tags alongside her old friend Athena against Britt Baker and Jamie Hayter, which allows you to pick back up the Baker and Hayter stuff. That's probably a pay-per-view worthy. It's, it's I know it seems ages away not having a debut for six weeks, but maybe you play with that. Maybe the heels do something. We saw with Brian Cage and Sting, AEW have proven, like, sort of, quite adept at being able to manage your expectations and then completely confound them. So how they use Paige physically? Yeah, Sarea physically, I don't know, but that tag match feels pay-per-view worthy. The hot tag of her getting involved physically for the first time in all these years against Britt Baker, a bona fide star, with an angle happening with the heels, feels like something worthy of sticking on full gear. Absolutely.
2: Whenever a wrestler has got an association with a really significant and or long-term injury, that body part gets worked the hell over. Mm. Take the Danielson route, like batterer, like kind of like batterer in the neck safely. Obviously, I'm not yeah, an yeah, idiot, yeah, yeah. it's oh, the yeah. it.
0: Um, Owens and Zane one, yeah, yeah, just yeah.
2: mirror that. Basically, the idea is you want the answer to the question, but you don't want to answer it answered so resoundingly with like a nice 10 minute showcase match. You want to feel something for this, you want to get anxious over this, um, like. I think that... I don't necessarily... Because you know, you've got to protect your back and everything like that. I've seen they leak things. Or they sort of try and create a narrative. But maybe they implicitly try and indicate something in one direction to make the violent swing into the other direction hit home that mm-hmm. little bit more. We know that a lot of people were talking about Sting, as Hamful points out. Um, Danielson, after the... Um, what's it called anarchy in the arena injury did the same thing batter her neck make me think she can't be cleared but at the same time I'll be in two minds oh she's cleared but oh is this going to prevent her from being cleared again or should they really be doing this best of both worlds is what I'm saying
1: if you do a big heat angle on her neck
2: if she's in fact wrestling
1: indeed i uh, looking forward to hearing from her and, and hearing what she's got what she's got planned and like you say what she's she's capable of doing in the end day AEW such potential there I think that's about it isn't it <laughs>
2: Time it's time
1: to play the game! Wait a second,
2: another game? We've got another game, guys. <laughs> At time of recording, and it might be different if I check Twitter, but there's only three matches announced mm-hmm. for Dynamite tonight. Off the top of my head, not including a Saturday Night Dynamite special, um, I think the maximum matches Tony Khan has ever promoted for a Dynamite is in fact seven. I believe the minimum He's ever promoted is four. Mm, that sounds about right. Five, but I'm fairly certain he's done a four before. We've got three. So we know there's at least one match left. And what he tends to do, hmm. sneaky little bugger, is put Jay Lethal in the lower th- in, the, <laughs> yes. in the in the bottom left hand side match graphic. Oh Jay Lethal's an action. Oh, why? <sighs> so basically the game is. Did it, did it, did- it. Did it Who's working lethal? <laughs> <laughs> you could do your roster gimmick and your thing, or oh, you could yeah, uh, yeah. come up with it. The thing, thing. Um, <laughs> I've got an answer for this, and um, it's the guy. And this actually might be quite clever because I think the match would be good. And the guy needs mic time so that he isn't stigmatized as someone who's pretty goddamn terrible on it. I would do Jay Lethal <laughs> versus Wheeler Utah. So that Wheeler Utah is probably going to get beaten by MGF, links to Moxley, gets a mover ahead of Moxley, gets a rating, reminds you of how good MGF is because presumably you're paying for him at full gear. Um. So Utah beats Lethal. And then we are recording this, by the way, at 1549 UK time, just in case it comes true. Mm-hmm. Then post-match... You that get gets to the mic, isn't interrupted by MGF, God damn it, they don't need a face-to-face showdown. And nice, short, confident, to the point, I'm going to beat your ass after what happened last week sort of thing.
0: I mean, that's better than anything I would have had because all I could think of for this was uh, our friend Anthony Gogo smashing Jay Lethal all over very quickly and getting oh. a nice Dynamite win.
2: Oh, my God.
0: Or Miro's reintroduction as a babyface uh, or as somebody to be worried about because... He's been an unfortunate, not victim, but like kind of an unfortunate byproduct of the various confusion around the house. Like, what's going on with Miro? And this would tell you straight away, well, whatever Miro wants is what's going on. I think Miro's, yeah, he needs that because the tease the ward little thing happening in full gear. Mm.
2: Get on that.
1: Do you want to, for, for my picture, we do the the random roster generator. I have yeah. the AW roster open in front of me right now. Sige, you tell me when to stop and then Hamlet, you picking on between one and four. Stop. Four. <laughs> well oh, <laughs> there could have been some interesting picks there, but uh, good job you picked four. That's all I'll say. Who's
2: did da-da, it did da-da,
1: it did it is working lethal. <laughs> well, I think you know the guy. He is Venice, Venice, <laughs> If you pick one or two, that could have been punk or colt cabana. Oh yeah. So <laughs> Colton Gunn would have been number three, by the way. Um, but what, yeah.
0: What a row on the roster page that is. You know when they would make like the Survivor Series teams. I hope
1: I always look at this and think these are the tables that they sit at. Yeah. I can catering. Right, like, you're all together. You four have to sit together. Punk loved Danhausen, didn't he?
2: He still does, huh? Yeah. No, well, he probably doesn't like anything to do with it anymore. No, <laughs> he's, now he's like
1: a- he's an endorser of yeah. Danhausen. I don't know which table I want to sit at the most. I'm just looking through this now. On that one. Uh
2: I'm not sitting at that one. That'll be... That's a good one.
1: Ah, Butcher Blades, Swerve and Stokely. Yeah, that'll be awesome. What
2: was the one above it? Sting, Sunny Kiss, Sanjay Dutt, and Spears' band.
1: Yeah. Actually, that one. William Regal, on his own. Just sit on the table with him, talk to me. Talk to me, Billy.
0: William Regal, singing about what he sees.
1: (laughs) So it's either... (laughs) Danhausen. Who else do we have? What was all the picks? Miro. Dan Housen, Miro. Wheeler Yeeter. Wheeler Yeeter. There you go, Tony. Over to you. Right, let us know your thoughts, ahead of
2: you. Do something
0: else if you want. We, we just scrolled down. It took a about three hours to get it on the roster page. There's tons of guys. Treat yourself. <laughs>
1: Uh, right uh, let us know your thoughts ahead of AW Dynamite tonight on Twitter at WhatCultureWWE uh, watch there you can follow all three of us you can follow Michael Hamlet at Michael Hamplet. Follow Michael Sidgwick at M Sidgwick uh, follow me at Adam Wilborn uh, follow us all at WhatCultureWWE as I said and uh, as Stax mentioned earlier make sure you subscribe to WhatCulture Wrestling wherever you get your podcast from for daily wrestling podcast. the NXT DBA review is available right now and our review of this show will drop into your feed tomorrow as soon as it is released but for now this has been the AW Dynamite preview my thanks to the Sally boys, thank you for joining us and we will see you soon.
2: This message comes from BOF sponsor eBay. You'll know real when you get it. It'll say eBay Authenticity Guarantee and you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head-turning handbag, a watch that says it all, jewellery that makes you look like the gem, or sneakers and streetwear so fresh every step feels fly. eBay gets it.